Create an Unstoppable Life, Episode 96, Words That Block Fulfillment. Create an Unstoppable Life is all about mindset for the high achiever to help you build a life of fulfillment and freedom. I'm your host, Dina George, MD, a mindset and marketing coach and a family medicine physician. It's an honor to spend time with you today. Welcome back. A few announcements to share. Number one, the podcast giveaway closes tonight. That's tonight, Friday, April 30th at 6 p.m. Central. Our winner will be selected. Thank you so much to everyone who has participated. The goal is to widely share that this podcast exists. It's intended to help, to help people, to help you know that you're not alone. And it's fantastic to want more and work towards more. Someone messaged me once and said, you helped me through a very dark night. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that is exactly why the podcast exists. So subscribe if you haven't. Review the podcast. That would be fantastic. And go enter the giveaway if it's before 6 p.m. on Friday. Dina George MD on Instagram. Number two, this podcast is a proud member of Dr. Podcast Network. It's an innovative collection of physicians who are using their voice, sharing their wisdom, and opening up life for others. Number three, so glad you're here. On to today's episode. Today, we are talking about words that block fulfillment. Initially, I was going to title it words that keep you from fulfillment, but that's too passive. Block fulfillment. So simple. And it's intended to be. We are working to change the internal narrative of how you speak to yourself. Here's the secret to life. How you speak to yourself determines everything about your life. The quality of life, your health, your relationships, the opportunities you have or don't. It all starts with how you speak to yourself. If you want or need a refresher, go to episode 87, The Only Thing That Matters. So if the only thing that matters is how we speak to ourselves, then it makes sense that some words are fueling, like inspiring, encouraging, and some words are simply a trap for shame and guilt. Those words only serve to remind us who we're not, who we're supposed to be, according to some rigid rules that we've accepted as true, words that remind us of our failures, or that we're not good enough, or that we didn't try hard enough. Those words, they become portals to reliving the pain points in the past over and over and over again. It's kind of like an animal that regurgitates its food and chews it again, except the animal makes progress. They're improving their digestion. What we do is we ruminate on the same thoughts, the same feelings to come to the same conclusion. In the meantime, we remain stuck. We feel horrible about ourselves. We wait for it to wear off so we can move on until it happens again. Some of the words that we use, it creates it for others. It opens up their portal to guilt and shame and fear and self-loathing. Our discussion today will cover that as well, but we're really focusing on you and me and the language that we use, how we speak to ourselves, how it holds us back, and why that is exactly what keeps us from fulfillment. But first... Before I tell you what they are, let's paint a vision of what life can look like. Are you ready? Sit down. (laughs) If you're driving, keep driving. You wake up with a sense of peace. That's P-E-A-C-E, peace. 
you wake up with wholeness. Nothing is missing or wrong, no matter what is happening around you. The first things that come to mind are all the gifts that you have, the gift of living the life you do, the gift of loving the people you do, the gift of waking up restored, feeling like you really slept and you have energy and you look forward to the day ahead. You wake up thinking about the priorities for the day, how you can help, where you can help, what you're learning. You make a plan for the day to fuel your day nutritionally, intellectually, with who you're around and what you consume, such as media. You have a plan for physically moving your body and to emotionally fuel your day, to return to this deep sense of peace at any time. So peace, wholeness, fulfillment, living a life that matters, living from a place of value, sharing your value with others, changing the trajectory of life for others because of what you share, because of who you are, and you have everything that matters. Anything else is extra. It's like a bonus. The next level in your work, bonus. Parenting, going beyond what you're doing, bonus. Finances, going beyond, bonus. Creating deeper intimacy in your relationship, like with your significant other or spouse, bonus. Cultivating deeper levels of loyalty and trust and synergy in your friendships, bonus. Peace, wholeness, fulfillment, every morning it greets you. And you have everything you need to access it at any time. Is that your definition of freedom too? The inside taken care of? The outside is something to explore and add value to? And you get to decide when, how, if you want to do that? Freedom might include meeting your goals, doing the impossible. It might also mean taking care of your aging parents or lifting up your kids with your time, your energy, your finances. Freedom means you own your time, you have enough resources, and both feet are firmly on the ground. Your values guide your decisions. That's what an unstoppable life looks like. And there are many versions of it. All include freedom, fulfillment, peace. All include a connection to a deeper sense of purpose. All include clarity for the many purposes of our life. All include feeling like enough, knowing enough, doing enough, being enough, sharing enough. And all include a deep conviction that we are worthy of love, giving and receiving. Here's what doesn't matter in case you need more clarity, how old you are, when you started, the amount of resources you have, the number of lives you've changed so far, the number of degrees you have, whether you're in a relationship, whether or not you have family members in your life, whether or not you have friends or deep connections, because you have the internal framework that says you're whole, at peace, and enough. The outside will be as you create it, and you'll create it based on how you speak to yourself. Without further delay, here's our two words. Number one, should. So obvious. You hear it, and you probably say it all the time. I shouldn't say should. I should say something other than should. I know I shouldn't. I should do that. I should be that. I should have gone. 
the definition of should, here it is, used to indicate correctness, duty, obligation, typically when criticizing someone's actions, which means criticizing our own actions. Even the definition highlights the conflict because that's what the word represents is conflict. It represents the battle between what we believe in versus another way of thinking or an imposed expectation that we don't believe in. And it sets up a battle within us. What I want to do, what I should do, what I want to do, what I should do, what I want, what I should want. Should is a lack of buy-in. And it's funny because we're still holding ourselves to the expectation of whatever that should is that we're not going to live up to, or if we do, we're going to begrudgingly live up to it. And life doesn't change when we do things begrudgingly. I should brush my teeth after every meal. I don't want to brush my teeth after every meal, but I should, but I don't want to. Are you exhausted? I only repeated that twice. The battle goes on and on and on, and we lose 100% of the time. We wear ourselves out to ultimately come to a decision we don't feel good about or buy into. Here's the key. When we buy into something, it's no longer a should, and it's never a should. It's a resounding, of course, yes, I want to. That's who I am. I brush and floss my teeth twice a day. That's what I believe in. It's what I practice. There is no should. There's not even a need to think about it. And check this out. Here's how I know who's on my team, like genuinely on my team. They never use the word should. Never. It's not needed. They know that shoulding is shaming. And they know that life improvement comes from a feeling other than shame. Crazy, right? When we remove the word should from our vocabulary, like we deeply believe that there's no need, no room for it, life changes. What we tolerate changes. Where we focus changes. And we have more time and energy. We're not chasing our tail on a debate that ultimately leads to feeling like a failure feeling bad because we do what we should without buying into it, or feeling bad because we do what we want to do and we keep the idea of what we should do and then we beat ourselves up for not being that, not wanting to be that, not trying to be that, not doing that. Should. It never needs to be spoken again or implied ever. It never needs to be tolerated again. If there's a higher goal or standard, you decide if that's what you want if that's where your resources will go, if that's what you're committing to, if that's what you believe in, and then work towards it. You also decide if it doesn't fit, and then you can just empty it out of your mind to lead your life towards better and fuel your life with these emotions instead. So instead of shame, here's what you could have. Belief. Deep belief we've covered. It's called conviction. Hope. Strength, love, courage, excitement, compassion, grace, optimism, connection, peace. Never fuel your life with should, shame, guilt. There's so many rules that we've adopted and that we live by without reflecting on what they are. And those rules tear us up and hold us back. Women shouldn't be doctors, women shouldn't be soldiers. Women shouldn't work. (laughs) Ha ha. I broke those rules. Actually, I didn't adopt them. Should wasn't allowed into the picture. 
you can see if we believe in those things, how it holds us back. Where's fulfillment for me? Service. How do I serve? It was in the army. It is as a doctor. It is as a mindset coach to work on healing and helping people get to their place of unstoppable. Do you see all the senseless fighting within you that should creates? Truly senseless. Waste of time. It leads to ineffective behaviors when we stay in that tailspin. We start overcommitting, overeating to cope with it, overdrinking to cope with it, overscrolling because we just want to numb out for a while, overreliance on other people's opinions and then choosing based on people pleasing. It leads to forgetting that we have this life, a finite amount of time in this body, and the human body It can only take care of itself for so long. We have to take care of it. Break up with should. Extricate yourself. Eliminate the word from your vocabulary. You either will or you won't. It's who you are or you're not. It's important or it's not. Stop tolerating should in yourself. Stop tolerating it in others. It may be the hardest thing you've ever done. Release yourself from the prison of should, because that is the only thing that it's doing, holding you back from freedom. Word number two, but. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and they agree with you and then they say, but, or you agree with someone, but you plan to do something, but you need to do something, but you want to do something, but. Over and over, we say this word and it becomes a contrast and a source of conflict. My husband was talking about something this morning, suggesting something to me, and here's where my mind went. Oh, but that won't work for me. Notice the auto response, the conflict that came up, and then the conflict avoidance, but because if it won't work for me, I don't need to try. It doesn't need my effort. I don't have to change. I don't have to be uncomfortable and I don't have to fight. Nope, but here's the definition. Used to indicate impossibility, contrast, or a response expressing a feeling such as anger or surprise. Conflict holds us back, but allows that conflict to be there and us to remain unchanged and fixed in a position. It won't work for me is ridiculous. It keeps me from taking risk or doing something uncomfortable. But what it really does is it keeps me from growing. 99% of the time when Craig makes a suggestion, it's well thought out. It's thorough. It looks at second and third order effects, and it's in my best interest. When I use the word but immediately after he offers something, I'm shutting down possibility. I'm slamming the door, really. I'm not listening or hearing him. And I can't see beyond my own discomfort and limitation. What role does the word but play in your life? It's more subtle than should. It may even be more pleasant. But that's deceiving. Because chances are that it's increasing the distance between you and a life of fulfillment and freedom. When there are things I don't want to do, I don't need but or should. It's a simple no. Here's some other ways to think about your response or your decision. I've thought about it. I'm not interested. I can see how that might add value. I'll keep it in mind. That's given me something to think about. 
I'm going this direction now. Thank you. I love you and I appreciate the suggestion. Notice there are periods at the end of each of those sentences. They aren't open up for discussion. There's no conflict. There is consideration. And there's respect towards the individual, whoever I'm speaking with or whoever you're speaking with. We use but internally as well. I'll do it, but I don't want to. How often do you say that to yourself? But what if you actually lived a life that you buy into all of your choices and you fulfill them with the desire to do that rather than doing them with doubt or ambivalence or anger or doing them begrudgingly? I was listening to a podcast yesterday that talked about spending money and spending it in a way that everything was desired. Paying the cable bill, desired. Paying the mortgage, desired. Paying the medical bill, desired. And having gratitude for doing that. Last year, the dogs and I were scratched by this wild cat. Four visits to the ER for the rabies treatment, that series. About $2,000 in medical bills. I could look at it one way. I'll pay it, but I'm not happy about it. I could look at it another way. I'll pay it. I'm glad to be vaccinated. And I'm glad to be alive. No but needed. But keeps me from seeing what matters. I'm alive. I'm vaccinated. Here's another example. My son needs his wisdom teeth out. I'm glad to spend money that way. Would I prefer to be back in Portugal with him instead? Absolutely. Because that's about the same amount that we would be using to dine out for a week. We'll be there again in the future. And we'll be there without these additional teeth that are causing him problems. So I'm glad to spend money to decrease his problem and to improve his quality of life. But is not needed. But only serves to add conflict and it prevents seeing the bigger picture. It also reduces the chance for clarity and confidence with anything that you're doing or deciding. The clients I work with, we work through a lot of shoulds and buts. And the work to shift mindset, the work to optimize life, the work to gain clarity to build or grow a business, it's all about clearing that stuff out. Exposing those words for exactly what they are, their prisons, and focusing instead on where the individual can be. We focus on what they do know, what they want, what they're capable of, what they're called to, what they envision. And then we work to think bigger and dream bigger. Giving a voice to what's important and often ignored because we have excuses that sound like there's not enough time. It's frivolous. It's ridiculous. It sounds stupid. The conflict that should and but create. So I often hear something like this. I know it sounds stupid, but I have this idea. And I say, wait a second. What if we just decide that it's impossible for you to say stupid things? That's not who you are. And then we can remove the conflict. And then what if no judgment is needed about the idea? Because chances are whatever is waiting to be spoken, to share, it's important. And you've thought it out. Here's the simplification. Instead of, it sounds stupid, but I think it can work, we train our mind to constrain and say, it can work, and here's why. All right, is that enough evidence or reason for you to stop cuddling with should and but? Because neither will help you be more effective. 
They don't create peace. They can't. They absolutely hold you back from fulfillment. That's what conflict does. These two words keep you in a self-imposed prison. You have the key. Release the words should and but from your vocabulary. Set yourself free. The quality of your life will go way up. The quality of your relationships will go way up. You may have less of them. And it's worth it to be surrounded by people who lift you up rather than pull you down. An extraordinary life includes clarity, focus, confidence, love, hope, freedom, fulfillment, kindness, and compassion. And the work to get there is consistently speaking to yourself in those ways. I'm so honored to be part of your day or night, and I'll see you next time. Be clear on who you serve in your business, the value you provide, and the message you're sending. I help physicians launch or grow a business with the only two things that they need, mindset and marketing. Schedule a call at georgemdcoaching.com. I'd love to work with you.